Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her and joy, all you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast, that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious bosom. For thus says the Lord, I will extend prosperity to her like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees as a mother comforts her child. So I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see and your heart shall rejoice. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. <clears throat> This Sunday is a special Sunday during Lent. It's known by several names. Historically, the Sunday of the Five Loaves, of course, from the Gospel passage that we just heard. Rose Sunday from the colors of the clerical and chalice vestments. But why the color in the first? Uh, why the color change in the first place? There's another name for this Sunday that gives us a clue: Laetare Sunday. Laetare meaning rejoice. The introit or entrance chant for this Sunday, begins in Latin, Laetare Jerusalem et conventum facite omnis que diligites eam. Rejoice, O Jerusalem, and come together all you that love her. This chant is taken from Isaiah 66, which I read just a second ago. The call to rejoice here in the middle of the season of repentance is meant as an encouragement to us, a comforting reminder of the tenderness the nurturing, even the motherliness of God. As an outward symbol of this, the liturgical vestments here in the West lighten today from a somber violet to a soft maternal rose color. And that is a major theme of this day liturgically, mothering. And what is mothering exactly? That's a huge question. Being a mom is certainly not the same thing as being a dad, as all mothers and fathers can attest. And the church recognizes the unique and distinct ways that mothers and fathers relate to their children and to each other and provide complementary uh, examples and roles. And that's an important thing to remember in this world of ever more confusing um, uh, issues regarding the differences in men and women and the, the outsized Um, voice given to those who are trying to confuse the two. But here in the church, the difference in mothers and fathers, motherliness and fatherliness are celebrated and um, lifted up for their differences and for their distinctions. One very obvious difference between mothering and fathering is the unique way that mothers connect with their children, and that is by feeding them with their very bodies. In the womb, The child gains its very life, all of its substance, from its mother. And even after birth, for a period, the child continues to feed from the mother's body through nursing. This feeding, this nursing is the safest, most secure place the child knows. When it experiences hunger, when it experiences distress, or even when it just feels the first pangs of longing for love, being at the mother's bosom fills its needs. And so from the mother comes sustenance, comfort, and fulfillment for the child. And each of these are also features of our relationship with God and his church. Looking at them in turn, 
That's for sustenance. What meaning does the word sustenance have unless there is a hunger, right? Or at least a need for food. The thing exists, so the need exists. Or maybe it's the other way around. The need is there, so we know there must be a solution too. Having only one side in a need-solution pair is meaningless. It must have its correlative. If there's such a thing as hunger, there must be such a thing as food. And in the gospel today, there was a multitude, thousands of people who had followed Jesus up a mountainous area in a wilderness. They had walked a long way. They had exerted themselves or were in need of sustenance. And Jesus provides for that need, not simply with food from nature or the market, but out of his own abundant grace, like a mother giving of herself to feed her children. Jesus here provides food for the people from his own self-offering. Don't be surprised at Jesus exemplifying this motherly trait, because in God is found the fullness of all that is fatherly and motherly. If these things weren't already in God, then we couldn't possess them either. All things come from God. Out of himself, God made the concept of fathers and mothers. God, out of himself, fed the Hebrews in the Sinai Desert with manna. And Jesus here distributed miraculous bread to the people in the wilderness. And recall how he says as he approaches Jerusalem before his crucifixion, O Jerusalem, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Because not only do we find substance, sustenance in God, but we find comfort too. Comfort, reassurance, safety. These also only have meaning if they have their opposites, their correlatives. Comfort for pain, reassurance for distress, safety for danger. Just like hunger is something we will experience in the desert lands of Lent, so we may also meet these other features. We may experience the painful realization of our own um, sin and guiltiness, and the solution to that is the comfort of forgiveness and absolution. We may experience the distress of doubt, frustration, or a sense of stagnation. There's reassurance to be found in Christ's own example and the example of the saints. We may even find, in oursel find ourselves in danger of increased temptations to lust or despondency or pride. There's safety, though, in prayer, in scripture reading, and especially here in the sanctuary of the services of the church. Sunday services, the stations of the cross on Fridays, even song on Saturdays. Come and avail yourself of them. Come and be comforted and take shelter under Christ's wing. But it's not only hunger and anxiety that drives a baby to its mother. It's also a desire for connection and belonging and love. And so too do we, in addition to needing God for our sustenance, literally our very life and existence, and our safety, danger from the existence of other things out there that may harm us, we also need him for our deepest longing, love, union, we were all created with hidden depths in our hearts. This depth could never be filled with food, comfort, rest, or even mere happiness, as important as all those things are. It can't even be filled by the best relationships this life can offer, be they through friends or family or even spouses. This depth, too deep to measure, maybe infinite, 
can only be filled by the one who made it, who hid it inside us. So these things, sustenance, comfort, and fulfillment, all ultimately come from God alone. But as we heard from that passage from Isaiah and in the introit, he has also ordained that we are to experience them primarily together with all of our siblings, all the little chicks here in the community of the church. And this is why we rightly call the church our mother, because within the church, we find the shelter of God's wing. St. Paul in the epistle this morning distinguished the old Jerusalem from the new Jerusalem, our true mother of the promise, the Christian church. Now, of course, God can nourish us spiritually in prayer and the scriptures anywhere, anytime. But he feeds us with the proclamation of the scriptures here, and the expounding of the scriptures here. He feeds us sacramentally through his very true body and blood, his self-donation here in the church. Of course, God can comfort us through his presence whenever and wherever, but he's already offered us the special and unique comforts of the communion, the kinania of the faithful here, the comforts of the sacraments of anointing and confession and reconciliation, the safety of the hallowed ground and the effectual patina of incense smoke and holy water droplets forming an exercise and barrier against the forces of darkness here. Can we commune with God in our hearts wherever we are? Absolutely we can, but only in the liturgy the work of the assembled people of God. I want to do a word study at some point on uh, the assembly. The, there's a difference in when people are assembled to become the people of God, to become the body, and when they're just gathered. Just gathering is not, that's just a, a, a group of people. An assembly, though, is a structured, ordered group. And that's what we do here. And it's only here in this assembly that we approach God in his throne room. God can come to meet us wherever, but here we go to meet God. When we assemble, we pull back the veil between earth and heaven, and heaven becomes accessible to us. And so we meet God in his throne room here. Here is where the Holy Spirit reliably descends at our communal prayer. And here, and only here, is where we meet Christ in the Eucharist. That's how the church uniquely is a mother to us, divinely feeding, comforting, and fulfilling us through that need for unity. We also, this morning, have an example of motherly goodness uh, in the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Theotokos, the mother of God, who nourished God himself in her womb and at her breast, as we heard last week, and who comforted him with her tenderness and who communed with him through the bond that they shared together. Just recently was the Feast of the Annunciation as we celebrated not only the mystery of the incarnation of God as God entered his creation as a newly conceived baby in the womb of Mary, but also the ascent that Mary herself gave at the announcement by the messenger Gabriel. See, Mary's ascent, her answer, behold, the handmaid, the servant of the Lord, would bear the most important fruit the world has ever known. In the Garden of Eden, a woman said no to God's word and stole fruit from a tree. At the Annunciation, a woman said yes to God's word and bore fruit, which would climb onto a tree, reversing our ancestral curse and finally giving us life, the life of the tree of life that we were always meant for. 
And now we, the brothers and sisters of Christ, right, are thus now in a sense ourselves children of Mary, and we pray that we may follow her example, even bearing Christ in our hearts as she bore him in her womb. Will we assent to that? Will we feed the Christ life inside us with our own nature, with our own self, our self-offering of our own bodies as living sacrifices to feed the life of Christ in us? Will we seek to nurture and to protect that life inside us when it's beleaguered or in danger? Will we open up to Christ within us, our most intimate selves, and so connect and commune with him as Mary did, treasuring those moments in our hearts? If we do, if we emulate the mother of God, we will also bear good fruit. We will learn from her as she learned from her creator how to be holy. So here today in church, the new Jerusalem, we give thanks to God for his goodness And we give thanks for this refreshment, for this Laetare Sunday, where we can truly rejoice because of what God has done for us, feeding us and showing us the true uh, mothering goodness of sustenance and comfort and fulfillment, and rejoicing because we're uh, meeting him here and receiving those good gifts here in the church under the shadow of his protecting wing. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. And you shall nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see and your heart shall rejoice. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.